Hello again. Hello. Uh, if you have your Bible or something on your phone that is programmed to provide verses for you like that, uh, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 2. I'm just going to talk to you briefly tonight, or this afternoon, whatever it is. I've been in here all day. I don't know what time it is. Uh, but it's going to be brief, but it's, it's going to be to the point. I want you to understand what Christmas is all about. Uh, it's about goodwill towards men. Before we get to that, though, if you're new to our church and uh, are considering coming back, first of all, we'd love for you, for, for you to do that. Please come back and hang out. Uh, come and grow with us as we try to understand God and follow him more fully with our lives. Uh, to help you with that, we kind of put together a bunch of the opportunities that we have for you and your family uh, to learn about Jesus and know more about him. It's in this guidebook. You can grab them on the way out. I ask you to please do that. It's our Christmas gift to you. Uh, secondly, on the way out, you could grab sugar. Who's had some sugar here around this season? Anybody? Yeah, we put together some cookies, some cocoa, and some coffee. We recognize that they all start with C. We call them the three C's of Christmas. We would love for you to enjoy them with us as we finish out our time together today. Uh, so please, uh, hang out and, uh, and kick off your Christmas uh, with some cookies uh, with us. All right, I'm going to pray. We're going to take an offering. This offering is for everybody who goes here. If you're new, please just pass the basket along. Don't feel like you've got to be a part of this unless God prompts you to. Uh, but for the rest of us, this is our offering for this weekend. Please join us in worshiping God this way. Let's pray. Lord, thanks so much for a chance to open your word now uh, and to, to be uh, uh, again made aware of what Christmas is all about, what your son Jesus is all about. Uh, Make it uh, clear for us, God, so that we can know your hopes for us, so that we can have peace within and peace here on earth through your son, Jesus. As we give this offering, we give this offering because you've given to us. We are uh, the benefactors of your grace and mercy. All that we have comes from you, God. And so we just give this portion back because you're worth it. You are worthy of everything, uh, and we want you to know that by giving these gifts. Use these gifts, God, to glorify your name through us as a church. Uh, we trust you will. Uh, I want to just uh, close, God, by again asking you to speak through me. I don't want to say things that uh, you know, will just be empty and, and, and not register in the souls of the men and women and children in this room. But if you speak through me, God, uh, the things that you need to say will be heard and acted upon, I trust. Help us to be challenged and to be changed. And I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been studying all month. This one particular passage in the book of Luke, this one particular part of the Christmas story, it's a big part because it's the part that uh, basically God uses in, in his story here in the Bible to let us know who Jesus is and to let us know that he's come and he's born. It's, it's uh, done through these angels pronouncing or announcing, I guess, the arrival of Christ on earth and it reads something like this. Uh, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. And an angel said to them, fear not, for behold I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This wasn't a, a, an afraid time, even though it was a fearsome time I'm sure for these shepherds. Uh, we talked the first week of this series, if uh, an angel showed up at your job, would you kind of be a little freaked out by that? It's understandable that the shepherds were kind of uh, uh, fearful, but the, the angel says, this isn't fear time, this is joy time. I'm giving you some good news. It's what we have uh, often used to describe the, the whole story of Jesus, his good news, the gospel, but I'm here to give you the euangelion, the good news that is great joy. Uh, here it is, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
Uh, this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, more angels. I like to think all the angels. Multitude there means too many to count. And I like to think that every one of the angels in existence showed up for this celebration. They, uh, they gathered together and they praised God and they said or sang, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. We, we start, talked the first week about the chief end of man. In fact, the chief end of God himself is to glorify God. Uh, we were created, put on earth, to give God the glory that he's due. And so our mission on earth should be to give God our highest praise for our lives, to be lived for him and in honor of him so that he gets the glory that he's due. We talked the second week of this series about the peace that Jesus came to broker. First between us and God. Uh, he paves the way, creates the bridge that connects sinful us with holy God. Uh, he came to bring us peace within. The, the peace of God can be ours. That's a great gift uh, that comes with Jesus here at Christmas time. And then God basically sent Jesus to bring peace between us, between us and our families, those who are going to be at our house tonight. Uh, uh, God meant to have peace between you and your family members. I pray that that's what happens. Uh, but we talked about that and how peace came to earth through Jesus. But now we want to talk about this last phrase where it says in this English standard uh, version, if you can go back to the verse for me, um, uh, peace among those with whom he is pleased. In the old translations, it's what we've been talking about up to this point in the service, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Who's, who's heard it that way before? Anybody seen it on a Christmas card? Yeah. Uh, but that's probably a little more uh, sloppy of a, of a translation than, than we need. In the Greek, it actually means Peace among those with whom he is pleased. We're going to talk about the pleasure of God. How to uh, uh, achieve the favor of God tonight and to receive his goodwill. As I was reading that this week, I was puzzled by the absence of God's love because God's love is a big player in the whole story between us and him. Uh, shouldn't this say something like uh, peace among those whom God loves? Because we know from the Bible that God gives his love to everyone. It's his gift. I totally forgot to use this last time I spoke, so I'm going to show you the bags. I made them. Here they are. God's love is our, is our gift from him. He doesn't have to give it to us, but he chooses to. And his love is on display at Christmas. We know that from one of the most popular verses in the whole Bible. Maybe you've seen it on a sign in an end zone at a football game. It's John 3:16. We know that God gives his love to everyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That, that's, that's the prompting. That's, that's what caused God to send Jesus. It was his love for us. He loves everybody, all seven point whatever billion of us. He loves every one of us perfectly, spiked to 11, without fail, without end, without condition. His love for us is perfect and unyielding. It's what caused Christmas. His love goes even further at Easter. Uh, we know that Jesus came to be born, but Jesus came to, to grow and to live and to live a perfect life to become a suitable or perfect sacrifice for you and I whose sin requires death, whose sin has separated us from a holy God and whose sins need to be paid for, atoned for. We could never accomplish that in and of ourselves, so God sends his son Jesus to be this suitable substitute. And he did it because he loves us. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God shows his love for us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That's Good Friday and Easter. And Another book that Paul wrote 
the letter to the Ephesians says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, even when we were just completely separated him by the sins of our lives, the sins of our nature, he made us alive together with Christ because it's by grace that you've been saved. Through faith, the verse goes on to say, the Apostle John wrote some letters in the back of your Bibles, and in 1 John chapter 4, it says, in this, uh, in this is love, not that we have loved God. It's not because we loved him that he loves us, but he loved us, and he sent his son, that's Christmas, to be the propitiation. That's a, that's a word we use all the time, uh, but that, that, that's a word that basically means he's our stand-in. He's our substitute. He's the one who's sufficient to see us forgiven from our sins. Christmas, he was sent propitiation. He died and rose again. And all because of God's love. God's love is a gift to everybody. He he chooses to give it to us even though we don't deserve it. God's love compels his grace to everybody. His love is a gift and his love prompts more gifts. They keep coming and coming. His grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, they're all things uh, that come from God's love. We understand this. Anybody love the people sitting next to them? Anybody sitting with family right now? A lot of you are. Does anybody love their family? Anybody want to make some exceptions, maybe point to the people you don't love? No? Okay. Uh, don't do that. That's horrible. It's Christmas. But if you love your family, does that make you want to do things for them, give things to them? How many people bought something for everybody in their family and it's underneath the tree? Well, that's really great of you. Some of you are like, not me, not at all. I, I'm just here to get the gifts. I don't know what this giving thing is. Most of us get it, though. If you love somebody, you give of yourself to them, and that's what God's done. God loves us perfectly, without condition, and he gives us his love, even though we don't give it back. He he gives us his grace and his mercy. He gives us gifts upon gifts upon gifts because he loves us. But this verse that we're studying, it doesn't talk about love. It talks about God's peace is for those who please him. Look at the verse again. God's peace is for those who please him. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those who with whom he is pleased. Let's talk about God's favor. God's favor. Sure, we have his love, but what he wants to grant us is his favor. Everybody gets God's love, but only those who please him receive his favor. I want us to understand tonight Uh, why it's so important for us to give to God so that he can give to us. It isn't isn't a bunch of things that you have to do, not a lot of hoops to jump through, but there is something that we must give to God in order to receive his favor. He gives us his love, that's free, but his favor, it, it requires something of us. There's a qualification that actuates the favor of God, and we get qualifications, right? Every one of us understands that we're qualified for certain things and not qualified for other things. My, my kids are all licensed drivers now. They're in their 20s. But I remember when Ben was first getting his license, I was uh, equal parts fearful and, and terrified and then equal parts overjoyed because he was going to start driving his brother and sister everywhere and I could go home. Is anybody with me on that? Anybody who had kids that old? Some of you have young kids and you're like all fearful about that. There's good parts to your kids getting a license. Now you're going to get a break. Uh, my, my son Ben would drive our kids, uh, other two kids, different places, and um, they would go to the mall sometimes and, you know, just hang out there as teenagers were wanting to do. This never happened, but let's pretend it did, shall we? Just for the sake of the story. 
uh, let's pretend my daughter came out to me. She's a couple years younger than Ben, uh, almost three years younger. And, uh, and, and she came out to me as Ben was just beginning to drive. She said, Dad, we're going to the mall. Me and Coop and, and Kai, or me and Coop and Ben are going to the mall, because Kai's talking. And uh, uh, you know what? This time, we're going to switch it up. I'm going to drive to the mall. Is that okay? What's this father going to say in that situation when his 14-year-old daughter, who's never driven anywhere, anytime, wants to drive our van, our, our vehicle, to the mall? What's, what's a good father going to say? Go ahead. No, a good father would never say that. That would be terrible. Uh, it would be uh, unjust. It would be uh, unsafe, you know? I, I would have said to Kai, listen, i got to take you up to Bay Life like the rest of the people and teach you how to drive up there before you get on the streets. I watch you people do that. <laughs> yeah, because she's not qualified to drive. They're not qualified for all kinds of things. I went to uh, Bush Gardens on Friday night with my family for the first time. I think it's been like 10 years. Uh, a guy at our church works there, got, got us some free passes, and so we took advantage of the opportunity to go in there, and uh, uh, it was a blast. Uh, I, <laughs> I went on this one ride, Montu, Mantu, Montu. It's a, it's a roller coaster, uh, and, and roller coasters are still cool with me. Uh, and I was all excited. We actually, there was no line at this one. There was lines at others. I'll tell you about that a little later. Uh, but there was no line at this one particular ride, and we just buzzed right through there. And I got right into the seat that I was supposed to be sitting in. And if you understand roller coasters now, they've got kind of this like Cuban sandwich press thing that comes down, you know, and it, and it, it flips over you. It's like what holds you in it. And, uh, and so they, they flip this thing down on me. And listen, I can butt up my suit now. This is really great. This is, this is like, you know, not something that's normal. I don't know, I'm not, you know, thank you, two of you. But, uh, um, <laughs> but you know, uh, I was thinking, oh, it's going to be a great trip to Six Flags, or, or that's what I always call it, Bush Gardens, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be able to fit in these things. Well, not, not so much here on the Mantu, because... The, 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 the sandwich press came down, and uh, I couldn't really get the belt that's supposed to hook into it to hook into it, right? So, so one of the, the, the college students who did not want to be there, I didn't think anybody really wanted to be there uh, on this particular night, but, you know, she came up, she's trying to fight it, and this other guy comes up and says, here, let me, and he goes, bam, and he clicks it one more time, and it's, I mean, it's really snug now, but the, but the belt went, and I'm like, good, we're good. Let's do this, man, I'm ready. But we were not ready. Because he looked at me and he said, sir, I need one more click. And I was like, bro, I don't think there's one more click, man. We are out of clicks. And before I, before I could say my protest, he grabbed the bars that you're supposed to hold on to when you're going. He grabbed those bars and with all of his might just went, bam, into my chest. And we got one more click, people. But I was kind of coming out around the sandwich press now. You know what I'm talking about? And at first, I was like, you, you didn't even count to three or anything. <clears throat> but then, listen, the next breath I tried to take, I couldn't fill my lungs. It felt like I'd been pinned under something. Remember that when your, your friends would all, you know, dogpile in, and you're like, I can't breathe. That's how I felt. And I was a, he was walking away, and I was about to tell him if I had breath in my lungs, I would have been able to form the words, but I wanted to tell him, hey, man, I don't think this ride is for me. But I saw him and all of his other friends put their thumbs up, which means the floor's going down. And this, this ride is starting. And I had the most conflicted roller coaster experience of my life. Because it was fantastic. It was dark. It was flips and corkscrews. And it was awesome. But I couldn't breathe through the whole thing. There were times, I, I mean, we're joking, but there were times like, this is it. This is how it ends. I'm going to die on a roller coaster. I want you to know that was the last roller coaster of my night. <laughs> Not because I don't love roller coasters, it's because apparently there's got to be less of a mark for me to go on these things. I'm not just going to do it. 
because I'm not qualified yet, right? You and I, even though we are loved by God, our sin separates us from him. We're all born into a sin nature that alienates us from God, and, and there has to be something that happens with us so that we can be the, the, the benefactors of his favor. So the question we want to ask is, what, what makes us pleasing to God? What makes us pleasing to God? And the answer is simple, faith. Faith makes us pleasing to God. That's the qualifier. God's love, everybody gets that. God's favor, well, that comes through faith. It says in the Bible, in Hebrews chapter 11, one of the books in the back, uh, without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I, I love that the writer of Hebrews basically uh, brought up the two sides of faith. There's the knowledge side of faith. You've got to believe he exists. You've got you to have this mental ascent. You've got to have this knowledge side of faith. But you, faith has this active part to it. He rewards those. His favor goes to those who seek him. It's like us in, in the gym. Most of us wouldn't argue with the science of exercise. We know that it's going to be good for us to go exercise, to sweat a little bit, to burn off some calories. That's the science. Some of us even have memberships to gyms. But we never darken the door. We understand it's good for us. We've made it possible for us to go, and still we don't. We have a mental assent, a passive, tacit belief, but it's only when we activate and seek and go and pursue that we receive the benefits. It's the same with God. I suspect on Easter and Christmas, church gets fuller. And I suspect there's lots of you who are like, hey, I totally believe in God. I totally believe in the story. But here's the deal. It's not just believing the story. You've got to receive the Savior. Believe the story. Receive the Savior. Faith makes us pleasing to God. Faith has these two points. Faith starts with believing in God. We saw that in the verse that we read earlier in John 3.16. God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. That's, that's the condition, belief. But faith culminates in receiving God. Look what John uh, writes in his gospel in the first chapter of that book. He says, the true light, speaking of Jesus, uh, which enlightens everybody. He was coming into the world. That's Christmas. John says, hey, Jesus was coming. Merry Christmas. He was coming into the world. He was in the world. He lived for 33 years before he uh, died on the cross, and the world was made through him. That's what the first verses of John chapter 1 tell us, that Jesus is our creator as God the Son. But here's the deal. The world did not know him. John elaborates. He says he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But here's John's point. He says, but to all who did receive him, to all who do receive him, to all who will receive him, who believed in his name, mental assent, he gave the right to become children of God. It's not just knowing, it's receiving. Romans chapter 5 tells us, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you want to receive the favor of God, not just be under the umbrella of his love. His love's for everybody. His favor, though, is reserved for those who have faith. And that's the gift that I hope you receive tonight, the gift of faith. The gift of not just believing in a God or in his son Jesus and appreciating Christmas and all the trimmings, but receiving 
from God, his forgiveness through this active pursuing of him in faith. Believe the story, receive the Savior. That's my message to you tonight. Some of you might be unfamiliar with the story, and I tell the story all the time, but I saw this great video that kind of capsules or encapsulates the story. Can I show it to you instead of me telling you? It's pretty cool. Here it comes. doesn't matter if you want to watch it. It's... There is only one story that answers life's most essential questions and gives a lasting sense of purpose and meaning. It's the story that inspires all other stories. It's the true story that defines every one of us. This is that story. How did it all begin? Like all stories, this one begins in the beginning with the author, who is God. He spoke everything into being. With a word, galaxies appeared with stars and planets. Earth was designed for life to flourish. Everything God made was gloriously good and breathtakingly perfect. The highlight of God's creation was the first man and woman, Adam and Eve. God entrusted everything he created to his beloved children, giving just one rule. They were not to eat fruit from a specific tree. They lived in loving obedience, worshiping God as their heavenly father, and enjoying perfect harmony with creation, each other, and God. Considering our world today, its obvious perfect peace didn't last. Turmoil, war, sickness, troubles. We each have our share. What went wrong? It started when a fallen angel named Satan grew jealous of God and determined to ruin the perfection of creation. Satan took the form of a serpent and enticed Adam and Eve to question God's goodness and rebel against his one rule. In disobedience, they ate the fruit and peace unraveled, ushering in sin and death, which still plagues us today. If we are honest, we are very much like Adam and Eve. We all rebel against our Heavenly Father, making our hearts heavy with fear, guilt, and shame. Our bodies are weary with sickness, disease, and death. Earth is afflicted with storms, calamities, and disasters. Even worse, sin has separated us from God, causing a permanent divide, a miserable separation called hell. The fallout of sin has been catastrophic. It's inescapable with no way to fix it, leaving us all to wonder, is there any hope? The love that prompted God to create us also prompted him to send a savior who would set everything right again. As centuries passed, God shared exact details of the coming savior's birth, life, and death. Everything in the Bible points to this rescuer. Almost 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to earth as God the Son to fulfill the promise. He was born miraculously as his mother was a virgin. Just like us, Jesus grew up and experienced life on earth. But unlike us, Jesus never sinned and always obeyed the Father. When Jesus was in his 30s, he began teaching all around Israel, pointing people to God's kingdom and performing many miracles. After a few years, he was wrongly accused and sentenced to an agonizing death on a cross. Jesus lovingly gave up his perfect life as a sacrifice to pay for the sins of mankind. He died a perfect death, taking our place, the innocent 
for the guilty. But the grave couldn't hold Jesus. Three days later, God brought Jesus to life again. Jesus defeated sin by dying on the cross and defeated death by rising from the dead. Today, Jesus sits at God's right hand as king and judge over all creation. This is the story of rescue God has authored. He invites us through repentance and faith to make his story of rescue the one we trust in and live from. When we do, everything changes. And now, what will the future hold? For everyone who trusts in Jesus alone for rescue, God has promised to restore your heart and set you free from sin's hold. Because God is loving, kind, merciful, forgiving, tender-hearted, and true. God has also promised to make all things new. One day, there will be a new heaven and a new earth, forever free from sin. Everything that causes pain and sadness will be gone. God has also promised to be with us forever. The moment you trust in Jesus, your relationship with God is restored because Jesus has closed the divide sin caused. Getting to know this all-loving God starts today and continues forever. For God's story never ends. You can make God's story the foundation of your life even now by admitting your need for God's rescue, asking forgiveness for your sin, trusting in Jesus Christ alone to rescue you, following Jesus in faith from this moment on. This is God's story. Will you make it yours? our story. Do you believe it? I know many of you do. I know many of you do. I know some of you are kind of iffy. But my prayer for all of us as I got ready to talk to you this weekend was that we'd all believe the story. Jesus, he, he's our Savior. We celebrate his birth at this time of the year, but he's God's son. He's our Savior. Have you received him? I know many of you have. Some of us who are still kind of wrestling with the story certainly haven't gotten to the point where we're ready to receive him. But I want to give you that opportunity tonight if you are ready to receive him. I know some of you are looking at your watch and you're like, come on, Christmas Eve dinner. we got stuff to do, presents to open. I want to caution you. I think a lot of times, you know, we come to church, maybe it's this once a year thing for you with your family around this time. Uh, Maybe you've heard the gospel before. Maybe you've heard this good news about this Jesus who's born. You've run through the story. You've had the opportunity to receive the Savior, but you've just always kind of passed because there's always something next. I was uh, standing in line with my family on Friday night at Shikra. It's this really big roller coaster over there at Bush Gardens. We went straight to it. Um, but here's the deal. I think everybody in Tampa received free passes to Bush Gardens on Friday night because the place was packed. And when we got to Shikra, the, uh, the wait was long. Uh, we waited for about an hour. Uh, this is basically how it looks to wait for Shikra. You got your phone out, and then every four minutes you do this. And that's it. That's basically waiting for Shikra. We got to the top, though, and uh, 
Uh, we could see the end. Uh, we actually even got into those turnstile parts, you know, where the horses line up for the races or whatever. And uh, we got in there, and, and we were uh, one ride away. The, the cars pulled up for the, the six or so people in front of us to get, and then our family was going to be in the next group. We were minutes away from actually finalizing uh, the deal here on Shikra, and then this voice came over the speakers. Ladies and gentlemen, we regret to inform you that there are some mechanical difficulties in this ride, and what we anticipate to be a short delay uh, will uh, be a, uh, taking place now. This is uh, theme park speak for we're closing this thing down for the night. And uh, it was fun to watch uh, the hundreds uh, who had stood in line with us uh, intermittently take, make their decision to get out of there. Uh, my kids were ready to go uh, from the moment of that announcement, but uh, Eleanor and I are, you know, we're older. We're like, hey, we've waited this long. <laughs> we're, we're not, you know, giving up our spot. Uh, but eventually we all came to the consensus that uh, this has taken too long. And uh, about 15 minutes after uh, several of those announcements had been made, Eleanor and I took off too. Never got to ride the ride. How, uh, how disappointing would it be to get to the end of life and have been offered this opportunity again and again to believe in the story and to receive the Savior, uh, but you've never uh, taken the opportunity uh, to receive this gift. Because everything, you know, other things happened. We had stuff to get to. We were, I had questions that need to be answered. I get that. I, I've been following Jesus for 30-something years. I still got questions. Get in line. Lots of questions, but here's what we know to be true, what I believe to be true, that God loves us, he loves us so much that he created us, he loves us so much that even when we blew it, he sent Jesus to die for us so that a way could be made. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father God except through faith in him. Would you bow your heads with me? I'm going to give you the opportunity now, if you haven't received Christ, to do it. Uh, it's not faith plus anything. It's not faith, you know, plus a, a promise to make it to church, you know, 20 times next year, or faith, and you do a certain amount of good things. It's just faith. It's just you believing and choosing and receiving. Uh, the video told us that it's through repentance and belief that we uh, are achieving our faith. And so let me help you understand that repentance. It just means admitting that you need a Savior, admitting that you're lost in sin like the Bible describes us. Let me explain belief. It's just believing that Jesus is your Savior. He's the solution to your sin. Not just mentally assenting to that, but, but uh, uh, reaching out and seeking him and asking him to come into your life and surrendering your life to him and seeking to honor him with what he has given you in life. It comes down to a choice of, of doing that. And so I, if I was receiving Christ tonight, I'd pray something like this. I'll pray it slow so that if you want to pray it, uh, you can receive Christ right now. I'd say something like this. Dear God, I believe the story. I admit that I am lost in sin and separated from you. I believe that Jesus is my Savior and that he alone can forgive me of my sins. I choose him now. And as best as I know how, I give my life to Jesus. Show me how to live for you, and thank you for this gift. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you prayed that prayer tonight, that's what begins the Christian life in anybody who has one. It's that faith. I'd love to hear about it over cookies and cocoa and coffee. I'd love for you to share with someone that you came with that you made that choice tonight. If they know Jesus, they will celebrate with you. If you made that choice tonight, the angels who sang the song that we've been talking about, they're kicking it up right now because you have found the reason for our existence to be connected to God through Christ. We're gonna close our service like we always do at Christmas. Uh, We're gonna sing one of our favorite songs. If you were here earlier, you know there's some bags at the end of your aisles and in those bags are little candles that look like this. Uh, Don't turn them on yet. Don't light them. Just pass them. As uh, our worship team comes to lead us in this familiar song, Silent Night, I want you to know it's almost 200 years old. It's a song that was written in Austria uh, for a a celebration just like this. The church organ had actually failed and they needed to be able to uh, sing praises to God. And so uh, the pastor and the uh, the musicians in the church got together and they penned the, the, the words and the tune to Silent Night. We sing it uh, at Christmas because it's what we sing at Christmas. We don't usually sing it through the rest of the year. <laughs> but I want you to understand, I want you to think about the words. It's a holy night, the night that we celebrate the arrival of our Savior. He came to bring peace. And uh, we can have peace through faith in him. So, now let's, let's try these out. Everybody ready? Turn yours on. Here we go. Mine work. Uh, sing this song with me as an as a act of worship, as a praise to our Father. Will you stand with us as we sing? Yeah.
lift your candle high in the air. Let everybody see it. Show your light tonight. pause for a second. Let me pray first. Hey, God, uh, we just thank you for this chance to uh, bring in uh, Christmas Day, to spend this time on the eve uh, of the day that we celebrate your son's birth, making much of you, being reminded of our story, and being reminded, being reminded of our Savior. He's Christ the Lord. Um, I pray that if, if we know him, we'd live for him in this coming year. Uh, we'd go deeper than we've ever been in following him. Uh, if we don't know him, I pray that we'd find him. We put our faith in you and in him, in Jesus, to save us and to connect us to you and bring us peace. Uh, that's my prayer. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for this chance to uh, be together, uh, be glorified in us in the coming year, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a, a happy new year. Get some cookies and cocoa and coffee. Put the candles back, please. Have a great day tomorrow. God bless you as you go.